0: Hello and welcome back to Small Talk. This episode is a fun one as we chat with a father-son football duo from Tufts University. I'm your host, Katie Mucci. Each week on this show, we highlight the past and present of Division Three, with both current and former student athletes joining to talk about their experiences, their favorite on-campus spots, the craziest road trip stories, and more. This week, we're chatting with current Tufts quarterback, Mike Berluni and a former QB for the Jumbos, also Mike's dad, Bob Berluti, as they talk about some of the changes on campus, how the NESCAC runs in the family, and more. Thanks for joining this week. Now it's time for some small talk.
1: Thank you for having us, Katie. My name is Mike Berluti. I'm a current junior I'm quarterback on the Tufts football team. I'm majoring in economics and minoring in entrepreneurship.
2: Hi, Katie. Uh, my name is Bob Brimidi. I'm Mike's dad. Um, I graduated from Tufts in 1977. So I was there for you know many years ago. Uh, I was already also an economics major. Um, <clears throat> and I was also a quarterback on the football team. Uh, I also played baseball too. Um, but it's been a lot of fun um, going back to the campus and going back and seeing the football games uh, and just everything about the school uh, many, you know, many years since I was, uh, you know, directly living there.
0: And then I have to ask, was Tufts, uh, but prior to you, Bob, was Tufts a family college You, your family went to or you just now it kind of is?
2: No, it, it's more so that. Yeah, no, I had no prior. I was not a legacy uh, and not <laughs> not only in my immediate family or. A more extended family. Um, I was the I was the first one to go.
0: All right, very cool. Well, I love that you guys have that uh, connection there, and and it's nice to get to go back to campus and see what it's changed. So, um, speaking of campus, we'll start out there. Um, Mike, I'll have you start this one off. Talk about where you and your teammates or your friends are hanging out. Or there is there a quad you go to, or is it off campus? What are kind of the spots? And then Bob, if you want to follow up. Are any of those things the same from when you were there?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think on campus there are a few kind of hot spots, one of them being the dining hall, actually, DeWick McPhee. I think a lot of a lot of us spend a, a decent amount of time there, not only just kind of, you know, obviously eating lunch, dinner, breakfast, whatever it may be, but hanging out, seeing each other. Every time you kind of walk in, there's there's a whole group of people there, um, and so chances are you're going to run into someone you know. Um and you'll end up spending a decent amount of time there. But aside from there, I would say the Joyce coming center um, where I'm currently taking the zoom is uh, is actually another spot that it, it's, it's a good, good area to hang out as well as there's a Starbucks um, in the, in the main lobby there. So a lot of people like to get a coffee, come to class here. Um, but same, same sort of thing as Dewick, you're going to run into people, you know, in in passing or on the way to class, and you're naturally going to, you know, kind of get together and spend a, Few more minutes there than maybe you would like to, but it just happened. So I would say DeWick and in uh, the Joyce Cummings Center is two, two spots on campus that we, we love to hang out at.
2: Uh, so one of the common grounds is that uh, uh, I lived right near DeWick um, when I was there my freshman year and my senior year, so I ate quite a bit at that same um Dining hall. Uh, the dining hall is very different today than it was uh, many years ago when I went there. Um, it's been renovated. It's 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 nicer. It's certainly aesthetically, I think they have even more food choices than what uh, than what we had. Um, <clears throat> uh, the campus is very different because it, there's so many more new buildings, but. Um, you one of the other places, at least socially, that we used to hang out at was at uh, at least two of the fraternity houses in particular, DU uh, and Theta Delta Chi. And one of the ironies is that Mike actually lived in. is a member of DU. I was not. I was not a member of a fraternity. Just had friends in those, primarily in those two fraternities. But Mike is a member of DU and lived there last year. So it was um, really a blast from the past to go there. But even that has been completely renovated and is um, a much different, um, a much different place uh, aesthetically today than it was many years ago.
1: And Dad, one thing um, about the Wick that I heard, I don't know, rumors about was that I think on one of the weeknights the Wick turned into maybe a bar or a little club or a social hangout at night. Uh, can you confirm or deny that?
2: Oh, I can confirm that. That <laughs> actually was. Some of the teams, and one of them was the baseball team, uh, uh, had to raise some money for, for a spring trip, and we actually had um, a casino night there that included uh, serving some um, more aggressive uh, uh, libations than what you might than what was served during the uh, yeah, during the school week, but. Um, Yeah, it was it was flexible and we tried to use them as much as
0: we could. That's awesome. Um, Now moving off campus. When you were traveling and I know being in Division three, you you try to stay relatively regional with your travel and your your games and your schedule. Um, But when you are traveling, um, Bob, you can start this one out. Was it by bus? Did you guys get in vans? Did you have many plane trips or flights? Uh, what was that like? And then once you were on those trips and you're rooming with your teammates, were they shoving as many in a room as they could to save money or were you getting a little bit nicer where you had your own bed at least?
2: Um, so we did not fly. Uh, we did take buses and the buses were not too bad. Uh, the, fur- the, the, the further trips, uh, uh, when we uh, when we had to go to New York a couple of times, you definitely got, you know, the coach buses and whatnot. Um I, I, you know, we never had single rooms. Uh, we always had our own beds. Um, uh, you roomed by position, uh, pretty much. Um, I don't recall ever having more than two people in the room. Uh, any, you know, with me, I, I don't remember that they used to overstuff the rooms too badly, at least not for the quarterbacks. I guess they expected us to get some kind of a, some kind of sleep, but yeah. Um, You know, we took some of the trips up to Vermont were definitely uh, ones to remember. I'll never forget a trip in which we were going um, to a farmhouse. This was really sort of out there in terms of the accommodations. And uh, we had to go over a bridge and the bus came to a stop and the head coach walked on to the middle of the bridge and then sort of jumped up and down to test the deflection. And then came walking back, nodding his head like he had confirmed that it was um, strong enough to carry the bus. Of course, none of us on the bus uh, thought that that was much of a safety uh, check. But anyway, we made it, but we have a few of those stories.
0: I'm glad you made it over the bus.
2: <laughs> over the
0: bridge. Over the, over the bridge, yeah. Right, I'm right. glad the bus made it over the bridge. Um, Mike, what about you?
1: Yeah, I can attest to I think we have something similar, um, a similar setup to ours. We take a bus as well. Um, he said on the longer road trips, they get a coach bus. Luckily, we get a coach bus every trip. Um, so that's normally pretty nice. We uh, we split it up offense and defense um, on two separate buses. And then on the overnights, I've been lucky enough to uh, to get my own bed as well. We're normally two in a room. Um, sometimes some of the rooms are, are three or four maybe, um, which isn't probably the best for those guys but luckily for quarterbacks we uh we get we get good treatment most of the time so the the overnights have been mostly some of my favorite experiences just because that's you're spending the most time with the team you're in a foreign place um you're away from campus and and you really have to bond together and gel together um in a different way than just you know practicing before a game at, at you know on your own campus on your own field and everything um when we went up to to hamilton my freshman year actually we got to stop off at Albany and we, and we practiced there along the way, which was pretty cool um, to see a different stadium, um, a higher division. So that was a lot of fun as well, but just being with the guys in the hotel rooms um, and all the meetings and just the you know, road trips is is such a great experience um, and a great bonding moment for all of us. I think a cool, cool away trip for us this past year um, was when we were going to Williams I think about 45 minutes into the, into the bus ride, one of our buses broke down. So all of a sudden um, a bunch of us were, were woken up from our naps or whatever at a gas station. We all had to kind of jump on one bus together. We made it up there. We had to delay the start of the game, but so we probably rolled out to pregame with 35, 40 guys. And, you know, normally we're bringing 75. So we're missing more than half the, half the dress list. Um, And they, they, you know, they pulled up, honking the horns guys half dressed hands up just Williams was standing across the field with their full team there um and and obviously we weren't too ready to go but it ended up being a great game for us and that was a great memory we we pulled out a great um a great victory kind of late in the game so that was one of one of the cooler away games I would say we had
2: so Mike one of the things I've heard maybe you can confirm or deny is that um you sometimes order room service. That's something that, that <laughs> we never did. Um, is that is that true?
1: That is true. Um, so, kind of to the to the meals aspect of it, what how do we get fed? Um, normally, the coaches do a good job hooking us up with Chick fil A on the bus ride. Um, you know, something quick and easy on the bus to to hold us over. Then at night, after meetings and, and dinner and everything, our late night snack is normally a pizza. And so those aren't, you know, fast food and pizza aren't my two favorite things to to maybe eat the the day before a game. Um, so I think it was it was Hamilton or Middlebury as well. Um, I was just poking around in the room and I, I saw one of those menus. There's a steak on it. So I texted my coach, seeing if I could perhaps order room service. He gave me the green light and uh, we went out the next day and won the game. So it was all good. But that is that is true
0: you get room service every time now is that
1: right I wouldn't say every time that's <laughs> that's a special special occasion maybe I don't hungry. know if
0: you if you yeah. win the day after I think that they got to give it to you I think. Mean, uh, yeah. <laughs> so being in the Neskak you probably get to go to some pretty cool places um, just with the colleges there and then obviously you have non-conference games as well are there any like touristy or or kind of unique experiences you got to have during one of those road trips. Maybe you guys came in the day before and had some time to kill as a team. Mike, you can start out on that.
1: Yeah, I think I touched on at Hamilton. When we were on our way to Hamilton, we stopped off at, at Albany. Um, and again, higher division level. Um, their football stadium was very, very cool to see. I think what's unique about football is that, you know, you only we only get nine games now. I think my dad he only had eight. They just switched over to nine games a few years ago. Um, so we only play in conference teams, um, and so the road trips are a little bit different. It's, I would say, compared to a basketball or baseball, where you're there for an extended period of time. Um, so we not a lot of touristy stuff. I would say that we've done. Um, it's again more of a more of a business trip, I'd say, than kind of a fun touristy trip. We're not going to see attractions. I think we're going to try to win a football game. So I would say, from that perspective, we haven't really um ventured out you know too off course but i think my dad can maybe talk about maybe a little bit more on baseball or whatever on those trips that you guys have had
2: yeah no i i think uh i agree with what you say that you know at least in football when you travel generally on a friday it's during the day and it's the fall so it can be really pretty in new england and uh, we played uh, a couple of different teams up in vermont so um, you know, especially in the fall, the foliage really was very pretty you near know, near the mountains and whatnot. you know unfortunately, when the weather was bad and it rained, it was that much worse. but um, you know Tufts is near the you know it's more of a, a city quote unquote school and, and going out to some of the country campuses uh, more more you know uh, rural campuses you know it was very pretty from, from, from that standpoint but you know, I, I agree, there were business trips. Um, sometimes you're trying to, you know, the day before, you're trying to just focus on game plan and that type of stuff. But sometimes on the way back, some kids might try to do a little bit of studying, I don't know. And On the way back, later in the fall, it's dark. But um, when we headed up there on Fridays, it was during the day, and it was a nice day, you know, it, it was really pretty. Um, so, you know, that not so much tourist attractions, we didn't have that much extra time to get up there You You do a walk through, you get a dinner, and then there's some meetings at night. And then, you know, lights out, go to bed, get ready for the game, and it's good.
1: I actually remember um, on the way to Hamilton as well, again, yeah, exactly what my dad was saying, a little bit different scenery and whatnot. And one of my good buddies, actually, I live with him currently. He's from Syracuse, New York. And so on our way up, we were going through different areas and real pretty area i think there was a lake or river and you know mountains and the leaves and the sunlight was kind of reflecting off it and he just stands up at the back of the bus and he was like guys welcome to the motherland and we all had kind of a good laugh about uh about that one so i think it's that's a you know about as much scenery as, as we're gonna see coming from tufts
0: Now let's move on to academics, what you're doing in the classroom. So it sounded like you two both had pretty similar majors, if not the same. Um, Are there any, Bob, were you able to prep him a little bit for that? Obviously Tufts is an incredibly tough school um, academically. So any tips you were able to give him or any preppers there for that business
2: degree? Yeah, yeah, I I, I only wish that I could. Not not really. Um, My My profession is not in economics. It's in the law, actually. Um, But um, uh, Tufts is a a liberal arts school, an engineering school, and what has several majors, but it does not have a business major. So my only counseling was that economics was probably the closest thing to business um, that you could get to. Um, And my only guidance from Mike was, uh, you know, don't get behind, Um, you you know, keep up with it um i i i think that was not as much as i could do
1: i think it helped he didn't always have to worry about me academically i was normally um normally pretty locked in but um putting aside I, he did he prepared me very very well i think obviously from a young age just always not even just with academics but in life always being prepared always being disciplined right getting into a routine staying ahead was always one of his big things you know doing doing some preparation and and trying to look ahead you know i can still remember in middle school and high school he would always ask for the syllabus and and try to check that and whatnot um to to know what we're doing um so he could he could follow along but one of his big quotes on the weekends um you know oh he, he sees us sitting around and he'd ask if we have any homework and no dad we finished it well you know, did, did they already give you more assignments? Can you, can you start going ahead in the textbook? Can you start reading more chapters? And, you know, obviously that's not something you always want to do, but, um, you know, it's things like that, that, that kind of prepare you for toughs and and whatnot. And I was lucky enough to go to an all boys kind of Catholic high school, um, who also prepared me very, very well. So coming into it, I had a good idea of, I think of what I was walking into, um, kind of from him and, and from my, and just from my upbringing and from, and from high school as well. So, it was an easy transition, I would say, for the most part.
0: Seeing your bio, I see you also had two brothers who went to Amherst. So um, you clearly were doing something very well in that household uh, with three three NESCAT kids.
2: It actually a fourth kid. Uh, um, Michael's immediate older brother is a trinity. So we're, we're covering the Nescat yeah. pretty well. <laughs>
0: yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, they haven't updated that bio quite yet. So that's incredible. Um is there any rivalries there? Being uh, any trash talking with all the conference schools?
1: Always. Yeah.
2: Well, I, I do know this: um, the heartstrings were tugging pretty good. Uh, you know, one of the one of my sons that went to uh, uh, that went to Amherst just couldn't bring himself to sit on the Tufts sidelines during the Tufts Amherst game. But at the same time, couldn't bring himself to sit on the Amherst side either. So he stayed in the end zone the entire game uh, and, and, you know, sort of cheered for Tufts as much as he could and, you know, sat on his hands as much as he could for Amherst. But his uh, allegiances were definitely split. He was having, uh, you know, he was a bit schizophrenic, I think, for that afternoon.
1: Yeah, it's a tough line, obviously, for them to walk a little bit want to root for their own school but it's you know their younger brother so there's some there's some healthy trash talk there I would say but all all supportive and you know we're all there for each other so it's been great
0: that's awesome well they can cheer for the quarterback and maybe you know the rest happens as it happens that's awesome thinking of your time on the team what is maybe the funniest or craziest or just wild story that you have but appropriate For this podcast, and Bob, I'll let you start
2: this one. Oh, that's a that's a tough one. Um, uh, You know, many many memories, and I guess the fact that um, I'm still in touch with many of um, you know my teammates today is a is the best testament of of just how deep the roots go. Um, One of the very funny guys, you know, this is many years ago, but one of the sports announcers was. Howard Cosell. And um, one of my classmates that was also on the team was not necessarily the best player, but he was the best impersonator ever to come down the line and just one of the funniest human beings. So he used to keep us all laughing, you know, uh, on you know, on the bus trips, and and you know, he would just come up with great one-liners, either imitating the coaches, imitating Howard Cosell. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of that. Um, as I say, we, we, we socialized a lot, um, particularly during the football season with other players and was oftentimes at DU or at Data Delta Chi. Um, but I'm going to leave those stories there and let Mike jump in.
1: That's, that's probably a good idea there. Um, but no, similar sort of thing. I think you always have those locker room guys, um, those chemistry guys who are just, you know, funny as heck. Um, I know we, we've had a couple of them and they never fail to kind of make you laugh, whether it's, you know, in the locker room or on the long bus rides, it's it's always enjoyable to have those guys. Um, I think one of my favorite memories um, within the program was, was this past year, our first night game kind of under the lights. Um, and that's pretty unique for NESCAC football to play, you know, Saturday nights under the lights um, and Tufts has always, maybe not always, I don't know how long it actually goes back, but had that tradition of playing under the lights with Wesleyan um, and sharing that stage is, is very, very cool. A lot of the fields don't have, you know, lights to do that. Um, obviously. So it's very different from high school. You go to play in Friday nights under the lights. And then on Saturday afternoon, um, we were very lucky to have a brand new, beautiful field. We have lights there. Um, so this year, under the lights at Bowden, at home. We just had our new Jumbotron put up. So we had a hype video, we had the lights flashing, the whole nine yards. That was really, really cool. Um, a, a great experience that I'll certainly remember forever. But I can just remember that morning, you get up for breakfast and and our, on our walk to DeWick, actually going to get breakfast, just the whole campus, just buzzing. No one else was, was doing much, but hanging out with each other and just getting ready for the game. Um, a lot of tailgates, a lot of people gathering. Um, and so that was, you know, walking through campus, a lot of people yelling at us, wishing us luck. Very, very cool experience that certainly I'll never forget. And we're lucky that, you know, we're going to have a few more of those night games coming up. So that's, that has to be one of my favorite memories um, within the program that or on the away trips, just guys going in the hot tub or in the pool. And I don't know, playing pool basketball or pool foot, you know, whatever it is. But on, on those away trips, it gets a little, a little rowdy um, the night before just itching to get to the game, but um, a lot of great memories and I'm looking forward to creating some more going forward.
2: One of the things I would say a uh, little bit more of a serious point um, that I don't think has changed, which I'm very happy to, uh, to see and experience is that the uh, the families of the players, uh, not only is it fun meeting the players and obviously the teammates, but through the, the tailgating and whatnot uh, meeting their families and the, and the, the collective support um, you know just reinforces that uh, the people that get admitted and go there it's just it's not a random gene pool and um, it's not just about you know who's smart or who's athletic and whatnot they're just very very nice quality top quality people and um, I I would say that's a common lineage over time that that culture has not changed at all. So very happy to see and experience that.
1: I think that's a great point to add on. Um, Certainly be from the alumni standpoint, you know, currently being a junior here, I've met countless alumni and just so many different, you know, former players or former um, DU members or, or whatever it may be, but reach out to us and are so supportive and, really you know trying to come get, trying to come to games trying to check in on us um we've been lucky enough to have a couple of former players actually come into practice and they give us speeches after and whatnot um you know our head coach always kind of says it's bigger than ball and it really it really feels that way at tufts there's just an an immense amount of support from really everybody um involved with tufts not only just the football program but within the athletics department and, and whatever it may be but that's a that's a huge point to kind of highlight there and something certainly we can all attest to um, as current players.
0: Now we're going to zoom out a little bit and and go to some more general Division Three topics. Um, so first, you know, what does it mean to you to be or to have been a Division Three student athlete um, with your time at Tough? So Mike, you can start this one out.
1: Yeah, uh, going into my third year, it's certainly. Super, super special, um, and very unique. Certainly, again, my dad going there, graduating in '77. Um, it, it certainly, you know, it runs deep in that regard. Um, kind of comes full circle in that way. I grew up with Tufts gear, with a Tufts um, winter hat. Just always, we would come around campus and and whatnot. So I always knew about it, and I, don't know, I guess a, a part of me always enjoyed uh, the location of Tufts. Although now it's been renovated, um, Somerville and Medford have really turned over. But I, I think from being a student athlete at Tufts right now, there's the, the support I really can't emphasize enough. Again, not even just from current players or coaches, really from each and every other sports team um, on campus as well, just everyone, a collective support, you know, to, to, to just be there when you know times are tough or when it's going well. They're always a friendly face and they're always there just to let you know they have your back. Um is certainly something I've always really appreciated. Even some professors who, you know, you might not think they would check the score and who maybe at, you know, other colleges wouldn't do the same thing. Um you walk into class and a professor says, Good game to you, or oh, what you know, asking you about this weekend. It's it's a pretty cool feeling um, and and very unique and special. And I think that kind of differentiates Tufts a little bit, uh, maybe a lot of it from other schools. I just don't know, but um, it's certainly been a, a privilege to, you know, not only be a part of the football team, but to contribute um, and to have obviously my dad as an alumni and a, a key contributor as well. Um, it's been it's been awesome. So, Katie, uh, to uh,
2: uh, you know what it means to be a Division three athlete, I, I I think that. Um, uh, for me, it was to fully immerse academically and athletically um, and socially. It was a it, it was an environment where every single day you got to do um, those things, which is just you know tremendously exhilarating and motivating and fun. Um, but uh, you know, at some higher level programs, uh, I think the the, the with his scholarships involved and whatnot, I I, I think that uh, your time is much more skewed and perhaps appropriately so for them um, on the athletic side. And, and there's only 24 hours in a day, so you know when the demands are made, uh, you know more demands are made athletically. There's obviously less um, socially you know, something ha- uh, uh, academically, and something has to get. And 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 um, I, I grew to appreciate the balance that, you know, at least, uh, you know, I was able to experience um, uh, in doing, you know, in doing all three, uh, getting to know coaches, getting to know professors, um, and, and and certainly getting to know uh, a wide swatch of the student body. I remember hearing the story about one division one athlete who never made his way onto one side of the campus because the athletic facility was you know down the hill if you will and there was just no reason to have to go up the hill or so he was told by the you know uh by his position coach and whatnot and, and, and obviously there's none of that um at, at division three you're fully immersed uh in the community as a whole and, and and i think that that's a that's a good thing
0: yeah i agree with that i think um something like Mike, you being in a fraternity might not be possible at a lot of different levels just because of, just as Bob said, the amount of time that's expected of you on the athletic side. So, and I'm sure being in a fraternity is huge um, for just the socialization, but also for professional networking, everything like that. And I'm sure it's been a huge benefit to you.
1: It absolutely has been a hundred percent. It's been a great opportunity for us to do something outside of just athletics. um, And again, do something outside of academics as well. Um, Being able to socially get together in a different light um, in a different brotherhood, a different bond, um, so to speak. So that's been, it's been unbelievable for us to have that opportunity. um, Now that DU has kind of come back a little bit and it's, it's taken the school by storm um, in some ways. So it's definitely been a huge addition for us and a great opportunity.
0: My last question for you two, um, this podcast is part of our 50th anniversary of division three celebration. So we're taking the whole year to look back at the past of division three, um, talk about what's going on now, and then look ahead to what's in the future. Um, so it's sort of a broad question and maybe a, a question that doesn't have an exact answer, but for you and from your perspectives, um, what do you see, or what do you want to see for the future of Division Three? And Bob, I will let you kick this one off.
2: Uh, <clears throat> well, the New England Small College Athletic Conference, the NESCAc, um, is a, a, a completely self-contained uh, conference. Now, it was not it, it existed when I went to school, but we would always play a couple of schools outside the conference. Uh, but now it's a completely self-contained conference. And I think it's great. I think it builds rivalry. I think you get to know players on the other team, you know, on the other team. And that rivalry over 40 years, I think, um, is just really very, very positive. Uh, and, this, you know, the NESCAC has all schools that are like-minded in terms of academics and athletics, et cetera. Um, so I think that's a really good thing. Um, I think there are a lot of other divisions throughout the country that are similar, meaning self-contained uh, divisions in which the same eight, nine, ten uh, uh, teams you know play each other every year. And I, and I think that's a very strong thing. I think not, you know, you know, traveling long distances may sound exciting and all of that, but um, uh, there will be plenty of time for travel. I think doing it regionally. Uh, uh, relatively regionally, you know, makes a lot of sense. And, and I think, you know, I think that's always existed, but I think it, 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 it the fact that the conferences are more well-defined, I think, is a really good thing. One thing I I, I would like to, I, I think, the schools to consider uh, is that many of the sports in Division three allow uh, some post tournaments, and I think having, you know, maybe a one-game sort of championship or uh, or maybe to be able to participate in uh, you, you know in a postseason uh, 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 tournament, if you will, um, you know might be a good addition. Um, uh, you know even at you know even at division three. I think they're concerned about a lot of things. they don't want to extend the football season, but that would be a consideration. I know it's under consideration, but I think that's worthy to consider continue to look at.
1: I can definitely agree with that. We've been, a lot of, a lot of people have been talking about that and maybe a postseason to football, but um, he said it very well. And I totally agree with all of that. I think one great thing about the NESCAC, and I think it rings true for a lot of different conferences and leagues, but it's your own community. Um, it's special to, you know, my dad and I obviously at Tufts, but it's, it's special to us because we're in the NESCAC, right? Or he, he was a part of it and um, it's little examples like going on spring break and you know, you instantly have a connection with some random person that you just met at the beach because you're both, you know, they're at another NESCAC school and you're at Tufts, and you know, right, right there, there's there's common ground. So, in the sense that it's your own community, um, and, and there's you know, support in that way is is definitely pretty cool. Um, and so, the future of of Division three and specifically the NESCAC, I would just hope they continue to provide the opportunity really of, of the best of all worlds for, for student athletes, but for students as well, whether you want to get involved in athletics, um, to balance that with academics and add in the social element as well. Um, even for non-athletes, just having the ability to um, participate in club athletics or just any clubs in general. Um, they just It's it's a great balance of athletics, academics, and social life, um, and, and you really get the best of everything. And Again, speaking specifically about Tufts, I think they do the best job in the NESCAC of providing all three and giving you the most abundant opportunity, um, you know, for growth and to blossom within all, all three areas that way. So, you know, in that regard, I hope hope that continues. And, you know, I can speak confidently to my time at Tufts saying that it's been, you know, the best decision I've made thus far. And, you know, I'm really, I guess, looking forward to the next, next couple of years, but also hopefully times you know, it slows down a little bit and I can, uh, just got to really enjoy it and appreciate it every day.
2: So Mike, I think you, you, you know, from, uh, uh, Alex and Bo, you know, your oldest two brothers are in the working world. I mean, even now in their professions, they, they will network and come across, uh, uh, uh people from other NESCAC schools in which they have some some level of commonality and common ground some of them were athletes that they may have played against but even if not just the fact that they're from the NESCAP, they are there's obviously an immediate common ground which is really helpful so the whole networking thing um I think uh, permeates it only gets broader when you're in a you know in a conference um uh, in which you know you know in which you competed and whether you know for for you it's the NESCAP, but you know Midwest, Southern, I mean out west are all conferences that that I think is really a good thing and that I, I think that uh, um, athletes really benefit from over and above just on the playing fields
1: absolutely, and that's a great point as well. Just the immediate connections you can you know you you connect with people and and find that common ground. Um, there's kind of an instant instant bond that you i guess can create right there and i can speak to that even in the couple internships i've had so far um whether it be a you know a, a williams quarterback who's graduated a few years ago immediately we you know you find common ground in that and they want to take you under your wing um so in that regard networking is is definitely super strong um and that's again one of the one of the benefits as well so that's obviously a, a great opportunity for all current students right now
0: Well, that is all I've got for you two today. Thank you again for joining me. Um, Mike, good luck with your season. Looks like you guys get started in about a week, I think. Correct. Uh, So good luck with everything this season. And Bob, thank you so much for joining. Thank
1: Thank you, Katie. Thank you.
0: To everyone listening, thanks for tuning in to this episode of Small Talk. We post new episodes every Thursday. To follow along with everything Division III, you can find us on social media at ncaad3 or ncaadiii. Make sure to join the conversation with us all year long by using the hashtag diii50. Have a great day and we'll see you for some more small talk next week.